Hello and welcome to the next episode of the podcast. Today I have Konak as my guest. Konak is the founder of Rural Handmade. Rural Handmade is an online direct to business marketplace and it helps small businesses find and source sustainable handmade products. Rural Handmade describes themselves as Alibaba for handmade products, built on the belief that small businesses can avail the same supply chain as large companies and compete with them on all fronts predominantly product price quality and policy i had a great conversation with konak on how he decided to start rural handmade what sustainability means to him and for rural handmade let's listen into the conversation hey konak how are you Hi Ankit I'm good thank you thank you for having me thank you for coming um, uh, I'm I'm excited about this episode brilliant yeah good so could I do just to kick things off could you please provide us with a quick background about yourself and what you currently do yes so uh, well, I was trained as an engineer uh, and I worked across like four continents uh, and then I moved to the UK spot you know four years back and uh, the whole idea was that uh, i wanted to explore something new something interesting mm-hmm. which creates a lot of impact uh, both in the social and the environmental space and that's how we kind of started what we're doing right now good could you could you talk a little bit more about what you're doing right now and how you decided to do uh, that <laughs> yes so we essentially uh, are building a marketplace business it's called mm-hmm. rural handmade Yeah. and effectively you know just for an easy consumption we're building the alibaba for handmade and sustainable mm. goods mm. uh the whole idea is to you know really come out with a, a massive solution in the market which is about helping you know small businesses both on the demand and supply side interact engage have you know meaningful conversations and essentially build a much better you know sustainable product via brands mm. for the consumers that's what the brand is about okay okay fascinating okay how did you how did you decide to start uh, rural handmade what 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 has been the journey like for you right so it, it's quite interesting i think a lot has to do with my background so i was born and raised in india for a large part of my life and what i really saw in india was this massive human capital in the creative you know side of the business which is the you know in the creative manufacturing side uh and this was an amazing skill that i i saw that was not tapped properly uh, uh funny enough yeah. you know the handmade uh practices that uh, you know a lot of latin america africa mm-hmm. south asia has is actually you know thousands of year old you know if you look at civilizations if you go to any museum as such you'll see you know uh, human creativity in many shapes and forms right yeah. and 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 i think the the other factor was that uh, i also saw a huge shift in the in the consumer mindset towards these mm. products you know mm. uh, if i do a quick recap in the last you know not much but maybe let's about let's last 200 years mm. uh, we had the creative manufacturing industry which was doing a wonderful work and meeting all the forms of needs for humans and then we had the industrial revolution when you know started things started becoming uh, cheaper and mass production started happening which essentially we are the generation which you know has really uh consumed uh, most of that part and then 
currently there is, you know, especially after COVID, people have now started really uh, questioning their buying behaviors. I mean, do mm-hmm. we need like, you know, a hundred t-shirts in one year? Do we need to buy, you know, a lot of the junk that we, we buy uh, and we, we, we buy it in different forms. We, we consume a lot of junk. We yeah. buy a lot of junk. And so the whole idea is that we believe the future is going to be uh, driven by, you know, uh, a conscious uh, you know, decision. Uh, and, and that essentially will bring us back to a kind of a pre-industrial consumption where we will be, you know, buying less, buying, mm. you know, with a lot of thought behind yeah. and, and, and really creating an impact in, in every, every yeah. buying decision we make. And that's the whole, you know, gist of what we are trying to do. Interesting. Interesting. And I mean, what what you described is 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 a big phenomena right now right and i mean some people term uh, some people put it under the brand uh, broader umbrella of sustainability but obviously sustainability is is a very broad subject and it signifies different things to different people uh, what does sustainability mean to you interesting uh question and i think you know just for the uh, you know for your listeners as well uh, i'm going to divide this into very simple concepts so mm-hmm. uh, sustainability the meaning of sustainability in the west is actually very different from the meaning of sustainability in the east and when i say east i pretty much mean you know the developing world uh, yeah. side of the of the world right so in the west you know people talk about you know you know clothing and and, and sustainability in purchasing uh, in carbon footprint yeah. uh, so it's very environmental focused right i mean yeah. Right. So just to optimize everything around consumption. Uh, but on the East, actually, sustainability is very fundamental. It's very it's very economic. It's about can we put food on the plate? Could we mm. actually, you know, create basic upgrade in, in GDP per capita? You know, yeah. so there's an economic sense to it. Uh, and, and and quite frankly, you know, somebody of life in East and living literally half the life in West now, I think sustainability mm. is literally adding these components together. Uh, and and this is what is going to make the world uh, a, a better place to live if we can actually club it together and really look at it from a holistic point of view. Interesting. That's a very interesting point of view. Uh, so, and, and 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 I know you're trying to do uh, a lot of exciting things at Rural Handmade. So you you just describe sustainability the way you think about it. How does how does that relate to what you're trying to do with Rural Handmade? Right. So uh, interesting point. I think so essentially rural handmade, uh, you know, it's a marketplace where we yeah. have a lot of these community workers, you know, mm. who are, you know, creating a bunch of different things, you know, uh, products basically, you know, but yeah. all made in, in slow manner, made in small batches, mm. made with using a lot of traditional techniques, but also made, uh, you know, for the purpose, basically, you know, there's a lot of impact yeah. that you see when things are being created. Now, yeah. also for you know, just to give you a broader picture as well, uh, handmade as an industry is very fragmented. Yeah. Uh, it also is a very large employer. So it is the world's second largest employer just after agriculture. Oh, amazing. Okay. Right. okay. right. So it's, it's a huge employer in the world. Uh, we often don't really recognize this as much because it's not streamlined like most other yeah. industries are like automobile, internet, banking and finance. Uh, and, and so what we're really trying to do is kind of say there is an opportunity. There is a lack of intervention of technology there is hmm. the change in the consumer mindset hmm. and essentially rural handmade effectively is a bridge it's a bridge between a small business in the west trying to connect to a small business in the east and and the whole idea being if we could somehow you know going back to the earlier discussion about sustainability if you could somehow club 
the environmental, social, and the together, yeah. and you then create a wonderful product that is exactly what everybody needs, you are really truly solving uh, the, the pressing problems of sustainability. Yeah. yeah. So that's how we're doing it right now. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, just to uh, just to dive a little bit deeper into rural handmade, what are the different sort of products that you currently have on offer? Right. So essentially what we do in a nutshell, we help uh, commission designs. So mm-hmm. if you are an interior designer looking to, you know, look at, you know, commissioning a bunch of different things, you know, uh, including lighting, furnitures, uh, art stuff, uh, mm. anything in, in that space. Then we have the wholesale market, which is if you think about the, the, the way people sell online through their stores, through their you know, physical stores or online, uh, you know, uh, websites and Shopify and stuff, we, we cater to them as well. Uh, we also cater to a different set of uh, charities which want to okay. you know, create a product with a purpose. Okay. Uh, and, and, and so essentially, if you think about small businesses in the living, giving and dining space, Mm. Uh, you know, so we, we take these guys and then we connect them to a bunch of these communities who have different set of, you know, uh, expertise in leather and in, in, mm. in, in, in furnitures and jewelry and, you know, rugs. A lot mm. of them do small organic batches of products for cosmetics as well. So you're really trying to kind of, you know, reinvent the supply chain and, and help small businesses interact with each other. There's one thing I really want to mention yeah. for your yeah. for your listeners is that. Uh, the, the current problem that small businesses have is that they have not been able to compete well with the big box players. True. Uh, and, the, and, the, and the core reason for that has, if you ask me, is generally being supply chain. Yeah. Uh, if you're not affordable, if you're not interesting enough for the consumer, although he's biased to buy from a small business, he will not make that purchasing decision. Mm. Uh, and, and in fact, if you go back to those times, you know, even today in, in a lot of parts of, of London as well, you, you know, your, your one uh, retail shop that's been catering to you and everybody else in that five square yeah. mile area for yeah. like 20 years, you know, and I think we yeah. really think that we could really use that bias that consumers have towards small businesses uh, and really help them grow, really help them become, you know, a, a, a decent side of business uh, and they can, know continue to push for sustainability and and really you know uh, give the right product to the to the consumers as well got it got it amazing that that's fascinating and and i want to dive deeper into the supply chain aspect that you just mentioned but but before that uh what i'm hearing is most of most of these orders are uh custom made to order as per the requirements of the buyer uh is, is that a correct assumption or do you also have ready-made products that are already there at the platform which a buyer like me who's not a designer for example could just log on and, and order for myself. That's correct. So we actually, okay. we do have a mix of both, but mm-hmm. as a, as a business that actually truly believes about sustainability, you know, yeah. we, we, we really are, have a much bigger selection, which is made to order uh, mm. with the sole reason we, we don't think uh, the whole model of, uh, you know, mass production, then yeah. having a sales supply chain to sell things works. Because if you look at, I can give you an example of, of, yeah. of textiles, you know, every year, 150 billion uh, products in the textile industry are made, of which 50 billion are never sold, 50 billion are sold at full price, oh. and 50 billion are sold at a discount. Um, and I'm sure you know it, a, a discount is not a 10% discount, it's usually yeah. a 60, 70% discount, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and if you think about this model, uh, 
this model is not sustainable in many ways, economically, uh, environmentally, and yeah. also, you know, from yeah. from from the making point of view. If you are Absolutely. getting things made, let's say in a in a factory in Bangladesh, you're really pushing the limits of the workers. You are actually giving him money per product, and so there is no incentive for him to, you know, yeah. uh, you know, optimize production. So they're going to continue making, you know, mass products because mm-hmm. they know they get it per piece. And so mm-hmm. there's a change. There's a need of changing the supply chain. There's a need of reinventing the way you kind of do it. So I think zero inventory, uh, you know, for a lot of products we have really works well. Uh, and, you know, you only consume as much as you want to, uh, you only make as much as you want to consume. That's the mantra we have with us. Okay, got it, got it. That makes sense. And and I'm assuming it's, it's not an easy problem to solve, right? I mean, so can you can you walk us through this entire supply chain? How, how and where are these products manufactured? Where are they sourced from? Uh, what is their journey like from the prod, from the uh, makers, uh, the artisans to the final consumer? If you could maybe take an example, that that would be great. Yeah, no, w- w- wonderful. We can do that. So I think uh, it's a very complex problem. I think even if you are a big company like Zara, H&M, yeah. and, you know, all the big box players, uh, the, the current supply chain that they have is that they, uh, let's say, go to India, they go to Bangladesh, you know, they they they, they go and work with the big factory, which is all mm-hmm. compliant, you know, to yeah. have all the certifications in place. Yeah. That factory invariably does about maybe anything between 10% to 30% of the orders, but the rest of the orders are made by, you know, smaller businesses, you know, very, very mm. small, 20, 50 people, a team. Uh, a lot of it is made in, you know, smaller towns and smaller villages. Uh, they literally have, we've seen this, they take the product back in their home. They actually are doing it at home with their families. Mm. Uh, and and then essentially all the big companies centralize, distribute, uh, and then sell yeah. it to customers. With us, yeah. what we are really saying is that there is this, a series of subcontractors which are actually offline. Mm-hmm. So a large part of us as a marketplace, we are get them online to begin with, mm-hmm. uh, which is a bit tricky. But of course, with the yeah. intervention of internet and you know mobile phones are becoming cheaper across South Asia, Southeast Asia, we think there is a very strong use case where we can use the power of WhatsApp, uh, as stupid yeah. as it sounds, to really help mm-hmm. them have you know their products shown to the global world uh, to the to the, to the much bigger audience and mm-hmm. then of you know uh, vetting understanding the capabilities making a model around you know who's capable of what mm-hmm. and then really looking at what the impact has been created you know so again impact process again very similar to the un sdg framework of Got it. you know different different you know we we i think qualify and are focused on 11 out of goals and and then when they when they do the product we of course want to make sure the quality control is in place the the contract is being adhered to we have the right you know color combination the the raw material is sourced ethically uh, and essentially literally make uh, what the big companies have as a supply chain all the small businesses and then from there we we do a lot of sea shipments uh, uh, aggregate a lot of products uh, so that the small businesses get uh, a similar kind of shipping rates as big companies, uh, mm. and then they then they uh, kind of you know sell this to to their consumers with their warehouses, uh, and then the whole idea is to really scale this up, you know, make this into yeah. an exercise where we continue to engage with hundreds of order at one point of time, and aggregating, mm. shipping, and repeating the process. And of course, technology is a work in progress. It, you always yeah learning, implementing, and reiterating uh, the process. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
uh, I mean, that's that's fascinating, and as, as and I completely agree. It's, it's it's a very complex problem to solve with multiple moving parts. Uh, and then obviously digitization, or you, as you mentioned, technology is probably the biggest component. Uh, 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 and education about technology would probably play a big role as well, right? Especially with these artisans who who are distributed across South Asia and Southeast Asia. Absolutely, I think I think we of course are using uh, a very simple concept that we trying to teach them how to use a process, okay. but rather mm -hmm. looking at how can we use the existing, uh, you Got know, it. methods of 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 you know building a brand. You know, I think Facebook with WhatsApp is doing a wonderful job. Uh, yeah. In 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 across, you know, I've, we've seen this the same thing in Nigeria. We have so many use cases in Uganda, in, in, in Latin America, in South Asia, I think. So I think we, we think we could, you know, rather than burning a lot of cash to, you know, mm. create a completely independent technology solution and push them, uh, push it to these communities, we think we can, you know, use WhatsApp APIs to do a lot of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And effectively, the problem we, are, we have at hand, if you look at from the supply side, is actually to really do this offline to online thing. So I think the first mm. task is... Mm. A lot of this is offline. We want to bring it online. Yeah. You know, once they are online, they get more used to using online services. Mm. You know, maybe starts with starts with payment conversations around you know how to use internet to grow, and then we can possibly come out with an independent you know app which completely caters down to to that service. Uh, but of course, it's a it's a very it's a very complex thing as you, mm -hmm. you know, as you can imagine. So yeah. Interesting, and kudos to kudos to you, Konak, on working on this. Uh, sounds very exciting, uh, um, even if very complex. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's let's talk about the future for a minute. What uh, what does the future hold for you for Rural Handmade? Are there any specific areas that you're currently working on, or you plan to work on in the near future? Yeah, so I think if if you look at some of the social indicators, which I think I can you know quickly run through you is one mm -hmm. is of course is driven by consumers. I think so the timing of the businesses I think is apt. Well, only the time will tell how how quickly and how big we become. But uh, uh, consumers becoming very conscious. They want every purchase they're making. They're asking the right set of questions. They're they they want to really know more about you know how the process is. You know who's making. And how are they benefiting? All the stakeholders. It used to be shareholders yeah. back in those days, but I think yeah. Yeah. it is becoming a lot more about stakeholders now, right? Yeah. So, so that's that's one big component. The other social indicator I think which we see is becoming really big is the is the way the Generation Z and the Millennials are actually buying and making purchase and decisions, uh, which is about they're they're fine with using second home secondhand clothing now. They're fine with. Mm you know, buying uh, old furnitures, they're fine with doing yeah. a lot of old things. Yeah. And I think that has become fashionable now to yeah. have a very vintage and old 90s, you know, product uh, on your body in your home. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, and the final bit is about uh, about saving the planet. Uh, if, if mass consumption, if it remains mainstream, uh, it is definitely going to be a big problem for yeah. a, a lot of people. And, you know, we... You know, we, we can't deny the fact that, you know, every now and then I we listen to, you know, today, just literally today itself, as we speak on this podcast on 10th of July, the, the New York subway is flooded, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, and, and every every day the same, you know, something which is not correct, which is definitely not, and the 1.5 degree temperature that we have to maintain, you, you know, it's, it's very critical, right? So I think exactly. the, these three, four social indicators really, really give us a very strong belief system 
where we think we know mm-hmm. it for a fact that uh, uh, people are going to become very conscious and uh, and you know handmade i think is just going to come back i think creative manufacturing mm-hmm. is 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 wonderful in many ways it it gives employment it gives opportunities it makes people happy uh, and and you and you live a very wonderful life uh, and this is again again this is not something new we, we as humans have been doing this pre-industrial revolution we've had heirloom products that have been passed on through generations uh, and we, we want to really bring this back to the to the mainstream amazing. you know uh, you know business yeah amazing amazing uh, so i mean so for the benefit of our listeners if anyone who's listening if they wanted to get involved with rural handmade what are the different ways in which they could get involved and and how they could reach out to you yeah i mean so you know i think we have with the entire team is on linkedin we have a very strong you know online presence if you type the brand uh, and maybe within a couple of uh, you know ctas call to actions you will yeah. you know land up as land up on the inbox or social media and uh, uh, we're we're more than happy uh, to connect i think for for the for the benefit of the listeners i think what would be wonderful is if you have you know anybody who's actually in the creative manufacturing is looking to build a brand is willing to build a sustainable brand for the mass for the consumers we're happy to have a quick chat uh, we have a lot of experience uh, and we 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 grow and we're learning every day uh, and we're happy to have a you know quick call to see how we can you know for the help you build a more sustainable brand perfect perfect great so kunak i mean everyone that comes on the show i ask them one question uh, to sign off uh, so as, as you know the purpose of this entire podcast is to talk about how people are uh, taking actions to help the planet become more sustainable and obviously uh, i believe that individuals have a very big part to play in that uh, in your opinion what do you think are some of the actions that we can take in our day to day lives uh, that will help create a more sustainable planet and a more inclusive one but so if i have to really answer this i'm going to actually say because we are a b2b business i'm going to focus yeah. on what businesses can right i mean mm-hmm. so so if there's any one thing that i think businesses can do which is just become very transparent about supply chain so one actions that they can do is for every product and of course because we make products uh, for a bunch of different businesses if every product can actually have a tag where it actually says what is the co2 equivalent which has been produced in the yeah. in the making of the product yeah and then you come out with uh, another uh, you know parameter which is about how have you as a business worked towards reducing the co2 uh, footprint so a percentage reduction on an year on year on year basis if you mm. can have these two things i think it does it does multiple things one i think as a business as you can imagine this is driven by countries where they're willing to become carbon neutral uk has pledged to do it by 20 yeah. you know, 2035 2050 a lot of businesses especially the big companies said 2025 2030 2035 a small business can actually become carbon neutral even a lot before than these big companies can because they have much simpler supply chains there's a very easy way to calculate a uh, carbon footprint yeah. and that really can create such a big impact for consumers uh, because the problem right now we have at hand is that everybody talks about sustainability but there's no way that you can actually come and understand 
how are they doing it? Because there's a lack of transparency in, yeah. in everything, right? So if you can just come and say, this is what is a carbon footprint, this is how we've calculated, and therefore we think we could, you know, we are selling a better product. Uh, that standardization is, is very critical. Uh, and it really could start off mm. not just with us. We, we, of course, are suckers of human capital and we are in the creative manufacturing space. But I mean, even with, with, with big companies, they can come out with this, this number. Uh, and that standardization is very important. And I think that is one way of solving the, the sustainability component. Amazing. No, that's a, that's a very fair point, Gunnar. And when businesses start to do that, obviously it makes it easier for the individuals to make more conscious choices because that information is not, as you said, is, when it's not easily available, uh, taking informed decision is not easy for the individuals as well. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think there's a lot of greenwashing, whitewashing with you know <laughs> what sustainability is, yeah. and yeah, uh, and uh, this can really help. I mean, this can really help you, you know, get more customers, maybe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks, thanks, Konak. It was lovely speaking to you. Thanks for talking to us about Rural Handmade and the journey. You're doing some fascinating work, and we wish you all the best. Awesome, Market. Uh, it's been, uh, been very kind. Thank you for asking all the right questions, I believe. And uh, these are very, very interesting discussion. And I hope to speak to you soon then. Bye. Bye. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Bye.